0: Hey, welcome back to the New Vision podcast. My name is Scott Reader. I'm the Director of Biblical Counseling at New Vision. Today, we continue our journey through the Gospel of Mark. We are in chapter 12. Yesterday, I covered Mark uh, chapter 12, verses 13 through 17, and the, the first of three attempts of the corrupt religious leaders of the day to try and trap Jesus in his response to their, to their questions. Now, there are three primary groups in these three inquisitions. The first uh, was the Pharisees, We covered that confrontation yesterday. It was concerning the paying of taxes and obeying the government. But indeed, the greater response to the Pharisees from Christ was to obey God with your whole life. The Pharisees were a Jewish religious group that was well known for strict adherence to Jewish laws and traditions. They were known uh, in particular for their emphasis on on personal piety and purity, and certainly in their belief of the resurrection of the dead, the resurrection. They were also known to be uh, oftentimes extremely legalistic and even hypocritical. They, they would often place more emphasis on external observance of the law rather than focusing on, on the heart or one's inner spiritual uh, purity. So they, they certainly opposed Jesus and his teachings they saw him as a threat to their religious authority, and they were concerned uh, indeed about his growing popularity among the people. They they would continually accuse him of blasphemy, and ultimately they were seeking to have him arrested and even put to death. Now alongside the Pharisees, we come today to the Sadducees. The Sadducees were primarily associated with the temple and Unlike the Pharisees who placed emphasis on kind of the oral tradition of Jewish law, they adhere strictly to the written Torah, the the first five books of the Hebrew Bible. They believe that in strictly adhering to the law, it would provide sufficient guidance for the Jewish life and that there was really no need for additional laws or interpretations. So it was just all about the law as it was written. They did not actually believe in the resurrection, unlike the Pharisees. They rejected the concept of angels and demons are are the afterlife in any sense. What they did have in common with the Pharisees, however, is they both had an increasing hatred for Christ. And they both wanted to stop him. They they both would go uh, to any and all means to do so. So now let's read their attempt to trap Jesus with their inquiry. I'll be reading Mark uh, chapter 12 again, continuing in verses 18 through 27, and I'll be reading from the ESV version of the Bible. Now, as, as I read, I want you to remember that they do not believe in a resurrection. So even as you hear me read this, you're going to hear a lot about marriage. But it's important to keep in mind, it's not really an inquiry about marriage per se. They're challenging Jesus on the topic of a bodily resurrection. So uh, Mark chapter 12, verses 18 through 27. And the Sadducees came to him, who say there is no resurrection. And they asked him a question, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife, but leaves no child, the man must take the widow and raise up offspring for his brother." There were seven brothers. The first took a wife, and when he died, left no offspring. And the second took her and died, leaving no offspring. And the third likewise. And the seven left no offspring. Last of all, the woman also died. In the resurrection, when they rise again, whose wife will she be? For the seven had her as a wife. Jesus said to them, is this not the reason you are wrong? <laughs> because you know neither the scripture nor the power of God. For when they rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like the angels in heaven. As for the dead being raised, have you not read in the book of Moses, in the passage about the bush, how God spoke to him saying, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not God of the dead, but of the living. You are quite wrong. So, <laughs> this hyperbolic, hypothetical story is kind of conjured up, and the, the Sadducees are hoping to point out the absurdity of relationships after this so-called resurrection. They're saying, in essence, hey, if, if there were a resurrection, then you're saying that seven men would be married to this one woman in heaven. Now, what they failed to understand was that in the afterlife, uh, things, there will be relationships in heaven, but in many ways, they'll be radically different than here on earth. So again, Christ gives them the answer that they uh, did not want. He says, uh, to start with, he says, hey, there, there is no marriage in heaven. The understanding is, while in part the purpose of marriage on earth is for companionship and the, and the propagation of human race, in part because the reality of death here on earth, and there's this need to create new disciples, as, as John Piper would say, but in the afterlife there's, there's no exclusive or sexual relationship similar to marriage since there's not a need to propagate the human race. The citizens of heaven are those who are resurrected unto eternal life. And in that new glorified state and in the absence of sin, believers will then experience uh, perfect spiritual relationships with everyone, uh, similar to the existence of angels, as, as Christ said. So marriage and procreation are simply not part of our heavenly eternal lives. Now, secondarily, and Christ addressed the bigger question, and to be honest, He does it fairly abruptly. He says, and besides, in terms of the resurrection you're simply ignoring the very book of Moses in which God declared that he was indeed the God of the living and not of those who have died. And he points to their most, uh, three, the most famous three patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jesus says of these ancestors of yours, God declared in the present tense that he is the I am God. The, the implication is that they are not dead but each upon physical death were indeed resurrected to life and and if they were not resurrected, well, then you're calling God a liar. Um, And so, as I said, very abruptly, he answers them on this matter and he colludes by saying, you're quite wrong. Okay, now, again, many applications are possible with every encounter uh, of Christ and every text we read, but let me say Again, I would like to present just two I think we can clearly take away today. The first is concerning our marriages, and the second is concerning the importance of accepting the historicity of Christ's resurrection and the reality of our own. So first, concerning marriage on earth. Listen, I'm a huge fan of John Piper's book called This Momentary Marriage. It's a great book. I highly recommend it uh, to help develop a high view of marriage and at the same time understand the temporal state uh, and even the greater purpose of our marriages here on earth. So I'm going to allow Piper to deliver our application on this first point. In the conclusion of the book, he states this, Marriage is a momentary gift. It may last a lifetime or it may be snatched away on the honeymoon. Either way, it is short. He goes on to say, very soon the shadow will give way to reality. The partial will pass into the perfect. The foretaste will lead to the banquet. The troubled path will end in paradise. A hundred candlelit evenings will come to their consummation in the marriage supper of the Lamb. And this momentary marriage will be swallowed up by life. He goes on to say, Christ will be all and in all and the purpose of marriage will then be complete. To that end, may God give us eyes to see what matters most in this life. May the Holy Spirit whom he sends make his crucified and risen son the supreme treasure of our lives. And may that treasure so satisfy our souls that the root of every marriage-destroying impulse is severed. And may the marriage-watching world be captivated by the covenant-keeping love of Christ. And so, listen, I never complete an intake session in marriage counseling without declaring to the couple this. Remember, your marriage is bigger than the two of you. Your marriage points to eternal life in Christ. Okay, second application. While the resurrection is somewhat of a mystery it is an essential biblical reality, somewhat of a mystery. Well, that's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty one and 52. He says, behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed." And, and by the way, the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 5, 32, right after he finishes talking about the purpose of marriage and our roles in marriage in, inside of a covenant-keeping marriage, he sums up that description by saying, this mystery is profound. And I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. The resurrection is the redemption of every human struggle. Our struggle with sin, our struggle in marriage, our struggle with failing health, our struggle with the certainty of death. And that is why Paul said, hey, uh, do not grieve as those who have no hope, for our hope is not in this world. It is is in the resurrection of Christ. In fact, Paul said this, and I I agree, if there is no resurrection, then we are a people to be pitied indeed. He said, uh, for in fact, if there's not a resurrection, then Christ himself was not raised he declared in 1 Corinthians 15:17 he said if Christ has not been raised then our faith is futile and we're still in our sin and and all who have placed their faith in God have simply perished he goes on in verse 19 to say if in Christ we hope in this life only then we are of all people most to be pitied but then he declares in uh, verse 20 of chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He declares uh, the resurrection. And so, as well, we must hold fast to the resurrection. Okay, that is encounter two of three. Tomorrow we'll conclude with one more confrontation from the religious scribes, the answer to which I would suggest is one of the most simple and clear explanations